on. Oh, you look pretty. Oh, thanks. You're so welcome. I um, actually don't know what's happening right here. <laughs> so, um, let's see here. I know you're not a Twitter fan. You don't do the tweets. I mean. That much? So not I have very to. Much. I have to tell you some funny Twitter news. Okay. Um, let's see here. First of all, there is a trending hashtag of Wendy's is over party because the founder uh, and CEO, no, sorry, not probably not the founder. I think he's passed. The CEO of Wendy's, the restaurant, donated $400,000 to Trump's reelection campaign. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Been to Wendy's in well, first of all, there's no Wendy's in Redmond, mm -hmm. so I'm aware. I go all the way to Bend, but I'm not making special trips to Bend for food literally ever, but especially not in a pandemic. And if I were, it would probably be to get a Del Taco burritos <laughs> and french fries. Uh, if we're talking fast food, okay, like there's, there's like way better real food. Um, no, true story. I just am sad so, because Wendy's is one of my favorite places. Well, it used to be. Um, but, like, I, I truly cannot remember. Like, I used to go to Wendy's when we were young and broke because you could get a Frosty and fries and drive to the beach. Yep, yep, yep. Um, so but let's... None of those things no. anymore. The other one that caught my attention because I may be one of the only people who has not watched Tiger King... And I will not watch Tiger King. You is, are so missing out. No, I am not. Yeah, you are. It's, but I think I saw this too. Carol Baskin got Joe uh, um, Joe Exotic's uh, cat farm. Yep. From so, Abe Lowe or whatever Lowe, Hank Lowe. Here's what it says. A federal... Yeah, a federal judge in Oklahoma ruled that Joe Exotic, the currently imprisoned star of Netflix's Tiger King docuseries, must hand over his zoo properties to Carol Baskin, who owns an animal sanctuary in Florida. I'm sorry, she's also no better than he is. She's literally doing the same thing. Yeah, this is what I've kind of and heard. Her husband. Well, there's there's still debate about that. Is there? I didn't watch the show, so. Well, then I guess you have literally nothing to say. <laughs> hey, if you don't get, if you don't vote, you get to don't get to talk shit. I guess that's, that's true. I I tried watching the first episode of Tiger King, and I was so disgusted that I turned it off. You literally have to have two white claws to start, <laughs> or fizzy seltzer water of your choice. Right now, I'm drinking. Not, not right now. It's 9 o'clock in the morning. I'm drinking coffee. But I'm currently on, like, Cape and Line. I don't okay. know. Okay. I know what brand you're talking about. Yep. It's like a margarita and a mojito. Anyway, you have to have two of those to start. And then you literally have to be watching it with somebody else so that you can bounce the what the fucks off of each other. Okay. Maybe that's why. I was watching it alone and I was very upset. Um, Your mom won't watch it. No. Someone replied to... Uh, TMZ posting about this and said, I miss when Tiger King was the biggest story in the world. Oh my god, me too. 
Okay, so off of that, let's actually talk about some stuff that's podcast related. Um, you know how I love these things. We have crossed the 11,000 downloads um, number, which I love. So thank you, everyone. And uh, let's see here. I love seeing that our numbers are staying up, you know, even with people's everyday activities changing. I'm hearing from some people that they're actually listening to podcasts more. I'm probably listening less because I listen in the car a lot and I'm not driving right now. Um, but I do listen in the shower sometimes, so. I listen pretty much everywhere. Gardening, yeah. driving, while I'm making dinner. Well, I did some canning on Sunday. I borrowed equipment from my aunt and got some produce from Farmer Brown's on the south end of town. So while it was working and mom was outside, I was still listening to Hamilton <laughs> because I'm obsessed, obsessed with Hamilton. Um, so we are, let's see here. <clears throat> We're still on our fun new platform or, uh, not platform or you know what I'm talking format. That's the word. I'm so tired. Yeah, it's, me too. It's 9, 12 a.m. and we both need naps. Yes. Yeah. Um. So with our new format of switching it up, uh, we're going to start with Kathleen tonight. Tonight, today. Uh. Could it please be night? Right. Before we do get into that, besides fun Twitter things, is there any update you would like to give our listeners, Miss Kathleen? I mean, it's fire season. Trevor was home for 48 hours, and now he's not yeah. because Arizona's on fire. Oh. Um, um, yeah, I, I really have nothing. Literally just working and watering and gardening oh we did have a tree uh fall over during the that really bad storm yeah. on saturday yeah, yeah on saturday yeah, craziest storm that ripped through central oregon and we lost power mm -hmm. out here which is kind of a big deal because we're on a well and um you need power to run that shit so we didn't have power or water it was great um i'm it, not that there's ever really a good time for something like that to happen, but I'm really happy it happened while Trevor was home. Yeah. Because I would have had to leave work, take care of the down tree, take care of the branches that were on the carport and on the house and, like, do that all myself. So. Yeah. Well, that's what I actually meant to ask you that because I saw his post and I could tell what tree it was, but then based on the branches that hit the carport, I actually thought you lost a second tree. No, no, that was just branches. Yeah. But that tree, I mean, in all fairness, the, the tree that we lost, there was nothing wrong with. It maybe could have been topped mm -hmm. a little bit, brought down. But really, like, there are some more questionable trees out on the back 40 that I am surprised are still standing. Yeah. So we need to do some pretty serious tree maintenance this year. Um, there uh, was a tornado that touched down in Culver. Uh, unconfirmed tornado. Well, I had a friend who posted the pictures, though, of, like, this is my right. property. But, and like, But, like, me 
meteorologists and scientists mm. are not calling it a tornado yet. So okay, careful with the word choice because people are saying tornado and the last tornado that you can see in Oregon that's documented is from like 2012 or 2009 or something. That one that hit Salem or it was like right outside no, Salem in Staten. No, the coast. Oh, that was actually way, way, that was only like two or three years ago. The one that hit Nahalem and Manzanita. Yeah. But there was one that hit Salem and Staten and Turner, too. Um, Words are important. Right. Using them correctly for scientific facts is important. The other reason is Oregon uh, is not known for tornadoes. So when they do happen of varying sizes, yeah, it's a big deal, and it, people are and this, not this prepared. This has all the markings mm-hmm. for a tornado. Like, I've, I've definitely seen some pictures, and I'm, I'm on Team Tornado, but until a scientist actually says, yep, I'm not calling it that. Yeah. Um, it was gnarly. Anyway, um, other than that, uh, oh, okay. So, we're both fans of the um, podcast, My Favorite Murder, mm-hmm. and I, I'm scrolling through my notes so I can get to the right spot. Um, I, w- there's this giant group called, there's an MFM group for that, because there, there is, is. Uh, and I was just scrolling through and somebody was like, what if there was a group where we all pretend to know each other? <laughs> and I was like, I, I was a little thrown off. And then, like, everybody was commenting on the thread, like, oh, my gosh, hey, girl, I haven't seen you in forever. I lost my phone. And, like, pretending to know each other. And then somebody made the group. So now I'm in this group of people that are pretending to know each other. And, like, it just, it's all, like, really positive. And somebody posted a thread that was, like, show something that you're proud of. And then everybody commented as if they knew each other. I posted that I ran a 10-minute 10 minute, 44 second mile for the first time in forever. And somebody was like, Oh my gosh, next time you go, we should totally go together. And I was like, well, my schedule's kind of crazy right now. And she's like, well, just text me. So it's just, it just I mean, it's, it's like the That's biggest game of make believe ever, but like, it just, it feels good. And like, it's very, I don't, I don't know. I may get tired of it eventually. Cause like four people posted a very similar thing. Like, Oh, I'm about ready to host the neighborhood block party. Yeah. Let's make a sign-up sheet so that we don't have 10 pounds of potato salad again. Like, you know, there's there's a little bit of repetitiveness in the lack of yeah. creativity. But, like, I don't know. Just every interaction that I've had so far feels good. And it's not a dumpster fire like most MFM groups turn into. They can be. The Oregon group had some definite drama in the last couple of weeks. Yeah. Um. So, um, real quick, without going, um, like, too far into it and being, um, talking about things we don't know about, I do want to acknowledge today is Tuesday, June 2nd. Um, you won't be hearing this until June 4th, but, um, they're doing a blackout day on social media today for the Black Lives Matter, um, for the peaceful protests. Um, we are far enough away from bigger cities that... We haven't been impacted by anything, but as a former Portlander and there's a lot of 
pro peaceful protesting and unpeaceful rioting happening in Portland right now. I have a friend that lives in LA. I, you know, they're on the former California. Mm -hmm, they're on like the lockdown. National Guard is already stationed in Long Beach, yeah. which is where the heart of the Rodney King mm -hmm. riot was in 92, right? 1992. Yeah. So, so what I, what I guess I want to say is, um, for me personally, and Kathleen, I think you might agree, um, I think I'm overwhelmed. Uh, I know how I feel. I know that uh, uh, police brutality is a thing. It's not okay. It's not okay against anyone. Um, I am from, I was raised by a police officer. I have the utmost respect for them, but I also know that it's not okay and you are allowed to question authority. Um, but we are both middle-aged, middle-income white women from, from good, you know, easier backgrounds. I don't necessarily have the words to put in to like what I'm feeling, but also I don't want to say something. I'm just trying to keep my eyes and ears open being supportive but also I don't know what to do so I'm gonna just kind of you know you're not gonna see me necessarily posting a lot of things on social media because I'm just unsure of how to make it better and I think we're all feeling that way a lot of times is we just don't know what to do because we've never experienced this we don't know what it feels like to be afraid for your life every day so. No, we, we don't. Um, and, you know, th there's, you can be an ally to people of color. You can be an ally to, to black lives. You can be an ally to um, Latinx folks. And you can, you can be an ally. But oftentimes, being an ally means shutting up and sitting back. You know, we don't have a say over how you interpret your feelings yeah. um, because we literally I little white girl grew up you know just just fine I yeah. have never had those struggles I will never pretend to have had those struggles but I've seen those struggles right. I grew up in Long Beach California and not in the nice end of El Dorado Park for all of my life I grew up on Cherry Street. I was the minority, and that's okay. Like I'm not saying I was ever scared, nothing like that. But being a white person in that neighborhood was the minority. So yeah. I've seen it. I've seen the struggle. I, I will never pretend to understand it, but I do recognize it. Yeah. So. And, yeah. So what I want to say is, um, I think one of the biggest things that people who are allies and who want to be a support for the communities that are going through this is vote. Um, yes. Vote. And I'm not telling you how to vote, but the best way to make your voice heard is to vote. It's to call your representatives. It's to call district attorneys when you think something is being done incorrectly in your area. Um, it's donating money to organizations that are good and doing things. 
Um, but also I think it's being informed, you know, it's, it's staying aware of things, even when they make you uncomfortable or frightened or especially when they make you uncomfortable. Yeah. I think that that's the, I think that that's one of the things that I'm hearing from people around me who unfortunately are not allies is, well, I don't like this because it makes me uncomfortable. Right. That's the point. Live in this uncomfortableness because other people have for years. Decades, generations, their entire life. And I, I work at Big Box Lowe's. Um, we just recently inherited a new CEO who is a black man. He's an African-American man. And after the riots started... Um, he blasted out an email to the company and said, you know, I grew up in the segregated South and my parents grew up in Jim Crow South. So I get it. I understand it. But guess what? Lowe's is going to be here to help rebuild. That is the business side of it. But right. like, he, he cannot be much older than me. I mean, a couple decades, maybe he's got to be like my parents age. Yeah. So this isn't, this isn't something that magically ended in the sixties. We didn't get there. No, that's just it. It's every generation that's like, oh, we've we've fixed this. It's not fixed. It's maybe okay. getting worse. I mean, because so many people are ignoring it. Right. Um, I just I wanted to take the, the time to acknowledge that we are here to bring you a podcast that's going to hopefully make you laugh. It makes us laugh. Um, it can maybe be a, a hour-long respite for you from the news, from social media that can be so um, hurtful to your your mental health. Um, but we are not living in a vacuum. Um, we do this podcast because it does make us happy and while still acknowledging that the world is not okay right now. So, the world is definitely not okay right now. Yeah. Um, but like that being said, we're so grateful for our listeners. Um, you know, let us know if you're feeling like you're not okay. If you need somebody to talk to again, you've never met either of us, but maybe you've been listening to our voices for a while. Reach out on an email. I'm always ready to talk to somebody just to say, Hey, you know, tell me what's going on. Um, so let's go ahead and get into our episodes for tonight. Miss Kathleen, do you have your notes ready? I just opened a message from Kata. Hang on. Oh, okay. Yeah. I saw her post that stuff about Florida and I was like, wait, is she in the U.S.? Yeah. And I then, the yeah. Thing and I'm like, oh, I just, we were talking and then I was like, how was your trip? And she goes, what? And then I was like, okay, just, I'm really glad that that was your old trip for right. the big celebration. Um, <laughs> but anyway, um, yeah, so I hope this takes your mind off of things for a little while. Um, so we are going to start, we are on episode three, and Kathleen is going to start us off with Friends, uh, the one with the cuffs. <laughs> Can I tell you a funny story about handcuffs first? Please. <laughs> handcuffs. Not shaggy, but like plush, uh -huh. pink carpet. So <clears throat> I'm still recording. Ago. Okay, <laughs> I'm recording this. Long, long time ago. That's fine. 
little bit of shame, but not about this. Right. Um, a long, long time ago, in the early 2000s, we had the opportunity, my parents had the opportunity to buy a house um, because it, so it, it was a board up that they got from um, Orange County Fire Authority. House caught on fire, needed to be boarded up. My dad did that. Um, and so in the middle of the night, they did this job, boarded it up, and then uh, the house became available for purchase because the homeowner unfortunately passed away. Um, and there was a ton of smoke damage and, you know, it was, it was not ready to live in. So we had 30 days to get the house from smoke damaged to move in ready. And in that process, you know, we had to move out the other person's, all the other person's stuff because he had older gentleman, had no family, was in a wheelchair, like by himself and not older, but like definitely in his fifties or sixties. Um, and he lived on his own and he was in a wheelchair and had no family. So we were clearing everything out and moving all the furniture. And we, my sister and I were cleaning out the master bedroom and we moved the bed and, on the floor of this pink plush carpet were some handcuffs <laughs> underneath where the bed was supposed to be. So How old how, were you? Um, I mean, I was in high school. Oh, okay. My parents bought the house when we were in high school. <clears throat> That's funny. I, I have luckily never found handcuffs in anyone's house that, I mean, I'm just saying like, yeah, I think I've been able to avoid that. Um, we're going to see handcuffs come up a couple different times in the series. Um, they're, they're pretty funny. Uh, but I'm going to turn it over to you to get started with right. this episode. Well, I was just trying to tell you my funny story. It was funny. It's creepy, too. <laughs> it was really creepy. Super creepy. Um, so we open and Chan we're so we open in the boys' apartment and Chandler's sitting in the canoe because what else are you gonna do when you have literally no furniture but you have a canoe? Mm-hmm. And Joey busts through the door with some ratty ass patio furniture that he found down in the mystery basement that is basically I just imagine it to be like everybody's junk drawer. It just yeah. everybody in the apartment throws their junk down there and he comes in with this patio furniture and he's like oh my gosh trigger said we could have whatever we want (laughs) was making jokes about um how they were getting junk for free oh yeah of course we wouldn't want to pay for this junk yeah and the chick and the duck come in and chandler's sitting in the canoe joey just sat down in one of the patio chairs and chandler goes could we be any more white trash (laughs) I love that. So, Julie likes to skip the intro, like the theme song. I do. And sometimes I think you miss some pretty good gems. Because I was watching it last night and I was too goddamn lazy to reach over and find the remote. Right. Well, because we can't, because now we're watching it on DVD, so I can't hit skip intro. So I just let it play. Well, yeah, but you could fast forward. Yeah, I'm too lazy too. Okay. Anyway, this one had a lot of butt slaps. It does. I did notice that that there's a there's a sequence of Joey slapping 
Ross, Monica slapping Rachel, and then does Chandler get? I don't know. I, but yeah, there was a lot of. It was also like eleven forty-five at night when I was trying to watch this, so I didn't go back and make any better documentations. Yes. Um. So after the intro, we're in the girls' apartment, and Monica is asking, "How desperate am I?" <laughs> and Rachel goes, "Good thing Chandler isn't here. He always wins this game." Right. Which is really sad. That he's the only one that has funny quips? No. Oh, that he would be the desperate one. Yeah. Oh, see, I read it as he would have something to be like, when she says, how desperate am I? And he would say like, oh, you called so-and-so or something. But yeah, in a competition, Chandler usually is pretty desperate. Well, yeah, that and the fact that Rachel didn't say like another... Yeah. Quippy line after. Yeah. Um, so we find out that Monica's desperate because she agreed to be the caterer for her mom's, I'm assuming, like, dinner party or bridge or something. Yeah. I don't know if we ever learn what the actual event is, but it doesn't really matter. She she agrees to it, and Ross is like, no, you're not desperate. She, she picked you because she thinks you're good at what you do. And Monica's response is great. Gold. I had to rewind it so I could write it down properly. She said, you don't have to stick up for her. She can't hear you. Right. I just wrote, Ross kisses mom's ass anyway. <laughs> I mean, it's true. Ross can do no wrong, and so he loves the parents so much. Excuse you me, good? I just laughed and then choked on my own spit. Okay. Take a drink. Yeah. Take a drink of coffee. I'll drink water. I found that I really like cold coffee better. Really? Yeah, but not like cold, cold, not an iced coffee. Oh. Like, let it sit out, room temperature, creamer coffee. Interesting. I had a youth pastor who said lukewarm coffee was what they serve in hell. This so, isn't even, like, it's not lukewarm. It's, it's cold. Yeah, so his thing was either it had to be really hot or it had to have ice cubes in it. Anywhere in between is what they serve in hell. Here's to hell. Right. I, hope the way I hope the stay there is as great as the way there. <laughs> I've never heard that before. What? I've never heard the hope the stay there is. I've never heard that before. That's one of my absolute favorite Irish drinking toasts. Okay. Okay. Good. I'm going to have I'm, more of those. Yeah. Bunch. Okay. Okay. But we're not there. We're not drinking tonight. Right. Um, we've. Flip back over to the boys' apartment, and Rachel, I don't know how much time has passed. It doesn't seem like enough, yeah. but I'm assuming it's like a commercial break or something. And anyway, so Rachel comes in, and she asks for juice, and Joey goes, mm, we only have pickle. <laughs> I'm in. Ew. I, I love pickles. I love pickle juice. I mean, I'm not going to sit there and drink a glass, but I would have a sip of that, especially... It's becoming incredibly trendy right now, but a whiskey with a pickleback is... Oh, yeah. Ooh. Mm. Not a fan. Okay. Sad for you. We'll have to try it. So Chandler says, funny story, I bumped into Joanna, and Rachel's like, you didn't agree to go out with her again, and then we see Joanna tiptoe from the bathroom to Chandler's room. 
And he goes, well, not at first. Um, Rachel's like berating him and saying, how could you do this? What's going on? And then, um, or why would you do this? And Joey's in the background making mattress squeaky noises. Well, I could, is it mattress squeaky noises or is it heavy breathing noises? No, it's like sexy mattress squeaky. Yeah. (laughs) That was my ploy to get her to make the noise. Oh. Nice. You could have just asked me. Thank you. I would have a million percent done it. Okay. I was actually going to. Um, Rachel bitches more at Chandler and insists on him breaking up with Joanna. And he's like, come on. I'm usually doing this by myself. And Joey does like a, like a, the changes the cadence of the mattress squeak to make it sound like a, oh, like. A so- <laughs> yeah, a solo person. Yeah. Chandler says something about how she is not just the boss in in her office. Right. Like, implying that she's the boss in the bedroom and he's really into that. And that's fine. And did you notice the bonus, though? Uh, Joanna comes out of the bedroom fully dressed and says, Rachel, aren't you late? And she goes, no. And she goes, you are if you're going to get me a bagel. Yes. But here's the thing. I apparently am not as good of a Friends fan as you because I would have just said, yeah, that's a regular scene. No, I think that's a bonus. But I've seen it enough times. Like, and you got to remember, in 96, I was not watching this on TV. Right. So for me, it's kind of like never saw the original. I mean, yeah, original pairing. So anyway, yeah, she does. She comes out and so Rachel's like, oh. Okay, I'll I'll get you a bagel, and goes to work and is probably late. Joanna is a terrible boss. Oh my god, she's horrible. I I don't know if I could do that. No, she's terrible. Okay. So we flash to Monica in the Geller kitchen, and Judy comes in and is like, "How's the hired help?" Which makes me want to smack her. Uh huh. But. Only because if one of my parents said that to me, I would want to smack them. Because they wouldn't actually say that to me. Judy is just an absolute monster to Monica. So it fits. We're on track. Um, she picks up Monica's hand and is like, blue nail polish? That's how we found. That's how Grandma's hands were when we found her. <laughs> so I had this nail polish in high school that was scented. I had two. I had one that was sunflowers and one, I don't remember what the other one scent was, but it was just a top coat and Uh it had like a tiny bit of a tint. So we were wearing it just by itself, but it was, it looked like cyanotic blue, like when you don't have enough oxygen. And so my mom, the first time she saw it, she's like, what the hell is wrong with your hand? I was like, it's just nail polish. And she goes, yeah, you look like you're dead. (laughs) It's like, okay, thanks mom. Well then, that's They're not. They're making scented nail polish now that smells like Cheetos. Can we get the sunflowers one back and give the Cheetos one back, please? What the fuck is wrong with the children? I don't know. I don't know if it's for children or adults. I just heard about it on the radio. Okay. No, I mean children as people younger than us. Yeah, that's true. Why in the hell would you want your fingers to smell like Cheetos? I don't know. Okay, cool. Um... In this scene, we also see Phoebe, and she's dressed up kind of, like, nice. So Phoebe's the server, mm-hmm. and 
but she's there, like, you know, to help Monica and whatever. And <clears throat> Judy is still talking about why she hired Monica. And she said, well, Richard was raving about you, but it turns out he was sleeping with you. But I also heard really good things about the lesbian wedding, and I don't think you were sleeping with anybody there. What? Okay. What? He, she was not sleeping with Richard when she catered for him. That's how they re-met, so her mom is wrong. Right, but her mom is just being a catty bitch. Uh-huh. And I don't understand the, yeah, the lesbian comment, but I do appreciate that Phoebe goes, when they're talking and Phoebe's like, plus it turns out it's okay if you're a lesbian. Yeah. <laughs> that's not what I got from that. I mean, that's not what I got either. Yeah. <laughs> In fact, I got that it would be even worse if she was a lesbian. Yeah. Uh, the, the next note I wrote down, you may have to help me interpret because I don't know what I'm thinking. Okay. So just, just crawl right in here into my little brain. It says, wasn't so she could pick on me. So she says something about, my mom hired me because she believes in me, not so she could pick on me. And Phoebe's like, I did not get that. But yeah. Monica's like, my mom really, really believes in me. And Phoebe's like, okay. If I would have just scrolled a little bit more, I put in parentheses, Phoebe is not buying that at all. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> Phoebe, like, the this is the one time where Phoebe's the one that actually gets what's really being said. And Monica in her head is like, my mom likes me and thinks that I'm talented. It's not yeah, what she said. Not, that's, that's not any part of what she said. No. <laughs> um, okay, so we're back to Joey in the apartment. And he gets a knock on the door, and he asks, the the person asks Joey if he's the decision maker, and Joey seriously considers this, like, am I? Right. Do I make decisions? Is it, am I? So, um, this reminds me of the time in my life where I <clears throat> was a direct seller, door-to-door salesman for teeth whitening packages oh no honey no no i'm really surprised i didn't get murdered did you make any money no yeah um did you notice who the salesperson is who the salesman is some old white dude no that would be pen gillette from pen and teller the the magic duo pen and teller where the other guy doesn't talk yeah that's pen gillette Right. Thank you. Um, the salesman is selling encyclopedias. And he asks Joey, do you ever nod along while your friends are having conversations? And we just have flashes of Joey, you know, people saying things like uh, really in-depth, relevant cultural things. And he just laughs and nods along. And the um, and he's staring up into space, and the salesman like kind of pulls him back. But I'm sorry, what is he selling, Julie? Encyclopedias. I believe it's encyclopedia. Oh, shut up. <laughs> nice. There it is. There it is. Um, <laughs> uh, we go back to the Geller kitchen, and Monica, and Phoebe points out that Monica only has nine fingernails. Um. Because they're press-on, mm-hmm. they're not painted, which, I mean, if you're going to be c- cooking, press-on is not the way to go. If, you, if you, I'm 
I've, I've done press on nails, including pretty recently because the technology's gotten better. But not if I'm going to be doing something that is like hands on where anyway, she loses a nail in one of the mini quiches. Phoebe says whoever finds it is the winner, and Judy's not freaking out, which we all, including Monica, were expecting. And we learn that she's not freaking out because she has backup lasagnas. She bet Jack $5 that she would have to use the backup lasagnas. I... This scene made me feel so small. Mm -hmm. Like... If one of my parents were to ask me to do a thing, I mean, I'm, like, that I was passionate about and loved and was trying to make a career out of, and they asked me to do it, and then they bet against me and had a backup plan, I don't know how I would even respond. And, like, I just, it hurts so much to watch Monica deal with this. Yeah. No, it's really terrible. And then she brings out the, well, we figured you'd pull a Monica. Yeah. And Monica's like, you promised, and we it has to be a counselor, but you promised him we, you'd never say that. Yeah. Oh, she's she bad. She storms out, the timer goes off, and to end the awkward tension, Phoebe exclaims, the ruined quiches are ready. She tries so hard. She's just best um we flash to joanna's office and chandler's sitting on her chair she's sitting on chandler and they're making out and um he's he says we shouldn't be doing this i just don't it just doesn't feel like we're breaking up and she goes no we are i'm sad and they continue making out her phone rings and um she like turns to answer it and we see that Chandler has no pants on. Mm-hmm. No pants, Chan. <laughs> uh, she she answers the phone. It's her boss, and she has to go. So he starts to get dressed, and she asks why. Do you need? He starts to get dressed, mm-hmm. and she asks why people throw garbage. Oh, <laughs> he's like. Because when I go outside without pants, people throw garbage at me. Mm-hmm. And I wrote down underpants radius. Oh. So apparently Chandler is okay being without his pants in an office. But, well, I mean, he is talking, he's joking. He says naked. But I more think, like, if he walked outside in just his dress shirt and his underpants, people would be a little upset. Yes. And he's not necessarily, I mean, he's very clearly in... Sexy time. He's not just hanging out in an office without his pants on. Right. Like, there's intent. Um, he st- uh, I really need to not make notes at 11. My next note is, nope, it's for handcuffs. So, I mean, she, like, grabs a... I, I know she grabs the key. I know she goes over. She puts the key... So, so she says, want to try something fun or something. She goes, want to try something. And he goes, okay. And she gets these handcuffs out of like her desk drawer. No, right. But this is, it's before she locks him to the chair. I don't know. She locks him to the chair and says she'll be back. 
And he's like, uh, I can't stay here. I can't stay here with no pants on. And she goes, no, it's kind of exciting, right? Like, you're here waiting for me when I get back from my big work meeting. Yeah. And um, he says, his parting words to her after the door is closed is, if you don't come back soon, there's pretty much nothing I can do about it. (laughs) She locks her door, which Mm -hmm. Rachel and I forgot her other assistant's name. I think it's Sophie. It is. Yeah. At this point, they hadn't said it in the episode, Mm -hmm. and I was like, other assistant brings her a macaroon. She thinks the door is locked because Joanna's working on the Christmas bonus list. What time of year is it even? Apparently close to Christmas? (laughs) Uh, I don't think it is. I think that's kind of a weird thing. Yeah. Um, Rachel has a spare key from when Mark worked... Mark, when somebody worked there, she made a spare key and she opens the door and they both see Chandler just sitting there. I think the blondish color in Chandler's hair makes him look really funny. And especially like in this scene, or maybe it's like the makeup or the lighting or something, but just something is off. There's almost like some strawberry or like red. They've put a little bit of red in his hair and then under like the fluorescent lights, it doesn't look great. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, um, the phone rings and so Rachel and Sophie close the door again and kind of just leave Mm -hmm. and the phone rings and Chandler answers it and he's like, Joanna's office, and it turns out it's her on the phone, but number one, if it's not your office, why would you pick up? Because there's got to be some sort of a voicemail type thing, mm-hmm. and she called and said, pick up the phone, dumbass, that we don't see. Yeah. But I think, I mean, the point of the that scene, or that thing is that um, she doesn't, he doesn't know, he doesn't even know her last name, and they're sleeping together, plus... She's calling to say, I'm not coming back for a while because I'm with my boss in a car. Oh, no, there's a tunnel. (laughs) And so so he pages Rachel, and he's like, oh, bossy formal. Could I see you for a moment? (laughs) I love it. And he says, get the keys and let me out. And she's pissed because he promised to break up with her. And she's like, my career never crossed your mind and just berating him, and he's sitting there handcuffed, no pants, to the office chair. And uh, he asks her to get the keys, because he can't get out of the cuffs on his own. He stares at the statue and says, I'm cold, and... Mm-hmm. And is, like, weirdly staring at the statue. I, I don't love it. But uh, she says that she'll do it if, she ne- if he never sees Joanna again, and buys her a Walkman. It's not where they originally started. It was like, did you do such and such? Um, and did you borrow my Walkman without returning it? And so she's like, well, if you didn't borrow it, then buy me a new one because I lost it. Yeah. And he agreed to that. <laughs> Which, all right, whatever. I'm going to say yes if you're going to unlock me. He rubs his wrists and Rachel goes, does it hurt? And she, he goes, no, I've just always seen guys do that. <laughs> what? 
Like when on a cop show, when you unlock someone or right. they're like being held hostage, and I mean it does hurt, but yeah, he's I'm being. Sure a, it does. Yeah. So I mean, obviously he's trying to be funny in the moment too, and then Rachel realizes what she just did. Yes. Okay, but first I would like to acknowledge that when he, so his his pants are on like the coat rack, and he walks over and he goes, "Hello, sweet pants," and I have said that many a time. Oh, I usually say goodbye, sweet pants. <laughs> All right. Uh, Rachel's freaking out because she's like, oh, shit, I just unlocked Chandler. And if Joanna comes back, I'm totally going to get fired. And <clears throat> Chandler says he'll make something up because he's good at lying and actually did borrow her Walkman. <laughs> they scuffle and she's, like, doing things. And he... She, in in the struggle, he turns and she locks his wrist to the file cabinet. And uh, he the oh, I turned my phone sideways. The movement that Chandler makes doesn't look like it was planned. Kata also pointed this out. She's like, it looks like he really did jerk his hand forward and hit himself in the head. And Rachel's reaction is actually <laughs> Jennifer Aniston's reaction. Yeah. I just also love that Rachel is stronger than Chandler and basically almost I mean, got him back to the chair and, like, locked back up. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, we're back to doing The Salesman. And we're talking about Van Gogh because uh, Encyclopedia Guy opened up the v, the volume of V, and <clears throat> they're talking about Van Gogh. Joey said, I thought he cut off his ear because he sucked. What else you got? <laughs> and they talk. <laughs> I think my favorite one is the encyclopedia salesman says, do you know about vulcanized rubber? And Joey goes, Spock's birth control. <laughs> right? There's so, yeah, it's a lot of good ones. Yeah. Then we flip to Monica in her, in her very pink. This is where the plush pink carpet. It's that carpet. Oh my god! So like I had the handcuff memory, but then when I saw this carpet, I was like, oh, it has to happen. Um, but her room is filled with workout equipment, and Phoebe goes, "You must have been in really good shape as a kid." <laughs> but here's my here's my thought on that. We know that. Monica was a fat child. It's come up in the show at least a couple of times. But if you're friends with somebody, wouldn't you already know some of their traumatizing childhood stories, especially because you're also friends with their sibling? I Well, I think it's twofold. I think it's Phoebe and she's forgetful yeah, and she's whatnot. Forgetful. Yeah. And then also, I feel like... Um, the real times that they've talked about Monica's weight has been about high school because the prom video was high school. Um, well, right, but high school, she was still living at home. Right. If you're a kid, anyway. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But Monica's really sad. And Phoebe tries to tell her that pulling a Monica can be something good. When you finish the job, a kid with straight A's, the fireman saves the baby. And then she goes, when someone hits a home run, they'll say, that one's out of here, because some things don't change. <laughs> uh, 
and then Monica agrees to go down, but she's going to serve the quiches. Well, she says something I made. I'm assuming that it's going to still be the quiches. And <clears throat> Phoebe gets on the... I don't even know. It's what a chest press. Is. It really is. Like, it's a. It's meant to work your, like, pectoral muscles. Right. Yeah, it's a chest press. And Phoebe goes, oh, my breasts are really strong. It's probably got no weight or, like, five it pounds. It Like, she it pulls it. It's, like, not weighted at all. Right. <clears throat> Flash back to Rachel and Chandler, who are still arguing. And Chandler brings up a really good point. You're in trouble either way. You're in trouble if she comes back and I'm here or I'm gone because I'm definitely not getting back in that chair. So just let me out. And yeah. Rachel's throwing things at him like, I'll, I'll clean your bathroom for a month. And he goes, it still won't be clean. <laughs> Ew. But I'm wondering if it's, I don't think, I mean, it's partly because it's, they're boys and they're disgusting because boy bathrooms are, ugh. but. Yes. Is it also because Rachel is flighty, not good at cleaning, won't stick to a sketch? Like, isn't it all of those well, things, too? Yeah, and that the boys are going to mess it up in between the times right. that she cleans it. Oh, yeah, it still won't be clean. It will never be clean. This is like my right. room. I, I My room will maybe stay organized for about a week. It's just the way that I roll. It's fine. Yeah. Um. She offers foot rubs, and he's just screaming, I want my freedom. Freedom? I want my freedom. <laughs> she opens the door to call for Sophie, and Rachel tells her to sit down and shoves his tie in her mouth, in his mouth. And he opens, the, oh, that's when he opens the drawer into his head. Oh, God, it looks like it hurts so bad. But, yeah, he, like, he's trying to make a point, and he pulls both arms forward, and the drawer isn't locked and just smashes himself. And, yeah, you do see Rachel just with her hands over her mouth. Yeah. Oops. Oh, God, so that painful. just looks like it hurts so bad. Uh, we're back at the boys' apartment. Joey's on the vomit page. The duck starts walking out of the bathroom quacking and Joey says, in a minute. And she turns back around and waddles away. Which I think is the cutest thing ever. This is like my cats who actually do come when they're called. Like, Yeah, Riley my... comes when, he, when she's called, but you can't make her go away. Oh, like, yeah. You have to throw a treat or something. Um, the salesman is ready for the sale. And he's like, hey, this whole set is could be yours for $1,200. That's only $50 a book. And Joey goes, you think I have $1,200? I'm home in the middle of the day, and I have patio furniture in my living room. He's like, maybe there's some things you can't teach in books. Yeah, there's a few things you don't get from book learning. And the guy goes, well, what can you do? So Joey starts emptying his pockets, and he's got like a wadded-up receipt and a baby Tootsie Roll and a green army man. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, you are definitely a five-year-old. Right. Yeah. And he goes, oh, Anna 50. These must be Chandler's pants. Which is not possible that they would wear the same pants at all. No. No. Not the same style. Not Anyway. Um, the salesman is like, well, you can get one. Which one do you want? A, B, C? And he's like, I'll take, I'll take B. I want to see how this baby turns out. Yeah. Here's the what? thing. If you found a mystery $50, would you buy an encyclopedia? Like, I would buy a a book in general because that's how I roll but like also I would take it and go to like the dispensary or go to the liquor store yes 
I would not spend it on an encyclopedia. Sorry. I mean, but now, but we're looking at this with 2020 eyes. Yeah, that's true. Because <laughs> we don't need 20. <laughs> oh, my. Um, okay. Yes, uh, because we have everything on Google. But here's my question. Yeah. What happens to the rest of the set? Like, you can't just break up a set. Well, I so was kind of wondering that, too. That, um, does he write that one off, or does he say, oh, I lost the V? Like, how do you, 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 you can't break up a set. No. And I would think that if someone was willing to say, yes, I want this, um, it would have to be like shipped to them. You know what I mean? Like they would, they would have to wait for it to come. He, first of all, he probably didn't have his own transportation. So he got dropped off in an unfamiliar neighborhood. Been there. Second, For the record, I only did it at businesses. Not that that's much better, but it was a little bit safer because more witnesses. Um, But it's not like he had 10 or 20 encyclopedia sets with him Mm -hmm. because that shit's heavy. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Coming from you and I both working um, multi-level marketing, um, you know, direct sales companies too, I had to wonder because there was so many times where... I mean, I just didn't have the product on hand, but because of the catalog, like, yeah, it had to be ordered, you know, like I didn't. Yeah. So I thought about that for a second because I was like, well, maybe he does have at least one backup set so he can kind of like take it from those ones if that happens. And then he just has to reorder the singles. But it was a little confusing. Yeah, I don't think it works that way. I think it's more like Cutco knives or Kirby vacuums. Like to sell it, you have to buy it. Yeah. Which is not, not the logic that we grew up in MLM with. Um, Rachel's still offering things like fresh squeezed orange juice and who knows. And um, she, she has a plan. She goes, I, I got it. And he goes, you don't have it. And, but she's like, oh, yes, yes, I do. Women talk and I've seen things. And I can be very generous, or I can be very stingy. And he's like, well, who do you know? And, well, Sophie and Phoebe and Monica. And he's like, well, they don't know. And she's like, yeah, they, they're going to know. And she she goes, I can make you a legend, like Mert, Milton Berle, who I was actually planning on looking up because I have no idea who that guy is. Okay, I'll do it. <laughs> okay, Milton Berle is an American uh, comedian from who was born in 1913 so this is a pretty old reference and what I think the reference she's making is that he was um quite sexually active and there were like you know uh rumors that he was quite well endowed well no I mean I get right what she's trying to say but like I have no idea who this person is so um, okay. um and he goes Martin Burl was like huge, like huge, or like he says it without saying it, and she goes, "Not compared to you." Yeah. So, Monica and Phoebe are still in the Geller kitchen, and Phoebe goes, "It's hard to believe a little while ago this was all just ingredients. Everyone loves it. Judy likes it. That would make you and and um, Monica goes." So that would make you, and Judy says, a bitch. <laughs> I was going for wrong, but we can use your word. Right. Um, she, Judy goes on to say that 
she was really impressed. And Phoebe says, you might even say she pulled a Monica. And she goes, oh, she doesn't know we switched it yet. <laughs> Judy does say something actually kind of nice, though. She says, next time there will be only ice in the freezer. So um, we go down to the coffee shop. Joey, Phoebe, and Monica are on the couch. Rachel is in the good chair. And Chandler walks in. Monica says, hello, Chandler. As in, like, super sexy voice. Mm-hmm. And Chandler leans over, kisses Rachel on the forehead, and says, I love you. And Joey wants to know what's going on. Ross is in the bad chair. I So, it, there's no bad chairs or good chairs, but Rachel's chair is, like, the cozy, comfy yeah. one. And Ross is over at the na- neighbor table. Ross leans in so Phoebe can r- whisper to Joey and Ross. And then all of a sudden... Joey says, no, he doesn't. <laughs> and Chandler looks at his watch and he's like, two hours. That only lasts two hours. Uh, uh, Chandler says, I think I broke up with Joanne. And Joey says, it's a good thing before she blew up like a Vesuvius. Ross looks at him and says, the volcano? And he goes on to talk about, Joey goes on to talk about volcano things because he got the information from the encyclopedia. Then he's like, let's talk about something else. How about the vast difference? <laughs> Which, by the way. Is a part of the penis, correct? Correct. Okay. It's the, it's the, for lack of a better word, it's the tube that delivers right. the sperm. Yeah. So. But then he says Vietnam or the Vietnam War. Um, No. Someone brings up a Korea documentary, a Chandler, I think, brings up a recent Korea documentary, and they're talking about how it's a beautiful country, but has a sad history, and Chandler says, could there be any more Kims? And Joey goes back to just kind of nodding along and laughing, and Chandler always says, could there be, or whatever, Mm -hmm. but there were two B's in this episode. Could there be any more Kims? And then at the beginning, he says... Could we be... Um, yeah. Could we be any more white trash? Nice. Um, so, at the end credits, Rachel arrives at the office. Joanna calls the desk and says, who's out there? Or just... She doesn't... I think she's I through know. the door. I think she's through the door. Yeah. And um, she asks who's out there and then has Rachel come in when she responds. Rachel opens the door to Joanna locked to the chair in underoos. And I put, awkward. Mm -hmm. And and Joanna says, we are definitely broken up this time. (laughs) Well, and like, Rachel can't decide to like close the door or get the keys or go get Joanna. And like, Joanna's just yelling at her and Rachel's just like, I'm so confused. I don't know what's happening. I can't do and also, it's really awkward to see your boss in, like, a slip and bra and stuff. So, yeah. um, I would like to give you a little bit more information about Milton Berle. Uh, okay. Okay. Too. So, first of all, um, let's see here. Uh, yeah. So, he was the host of NBC's Texaco Star Theater from 1948 to 55. He was known to millions of viewers as Uncle Milty uh, and Mr. Television during the first golden age of television. He was honored with two stars on the Hollywood Walk of Fame in his work 
for his work in both radio and TV. Um, so he was a child actor. He was in vaudeville. Um, he did radio. He's got a really funny face, like, you know, um, uh, good for that kind of stuff. But it, when you get down to the, the um, let's see here. He was on The Muppet Show. So it says Burl offstage. Um, unlike, wait, oh, Burl was famous within show business for his, for the rumored size of his penis. And there are one, two, four citations to that. Phil, oh Seaver, yeah, Phil Seavers once told a story about standing next to Burl at a urinal, glancing down and quipping, you'd better feed that thing or it's liable to turn on you. In the short story, A Beautiful Child, Truman Capote wrote Marilyn Monroe as saying, Christ, everybody says Milton Burl has the biggest schlong in Hollywood. At a memorial service for Burl uh, at the New York City Friars Club, Freddie Roman solemnly announced on May 1st and May 2nd, his penis will be buried. <laughs> Radio shock jock Howard Stern also barraged Burl with an endless array of penis questions when the comedian appeared on Stern's morning talk show in 1988. Um... Stern purposely asked his producer to only air callers whose questions dealt with Burl's penis. In his autobiography, Burl tells of a man who accosted him in a steam bath and challenged him to compare sizes, leading a bystander to remark, go ahead, Milton, just take out enough to win. Burl attributed this line to comedian Jackie Gleason and said it was maybe the funniest spontaneous line I ever heard. That's hilarious. <laughs> um, it says, though he worked clean for his entire onstage and off-screen career, except for the infamous Friars Club private celebrity roast, Burl was known offstage to have a colorful vocabulary and f few limits on when it was used. He often criticized... Uh, oh, he often criticized younger comedians like Lenny Bruce and George Carlin for their X-rated humor and challenged them to be just as funny without the four-letter words. Oh. Yeah. That is just... <laughs> you know, the other one is there's a basketball player that um, over the years supposedly slept with like a thousand women or something, and so that's like a comparison that I've heard before, um, but I'm trying to remember who, who it was. Huh. Um, I feel like that's how, like, what Barney's trying to strive for is right. the, those numbers. Um, do you want to take a really quick break to get coffee, or do you want to plow through? Yeah, let's take a break. Okay, so hold on just one second. Okay. Okay. Well, all right, we are going to talk about How I Met Your Mother, uh, episode three, I Heart New Jersey. Ted opens in the fall of 2008, explaining that he was always leaving his friends to go do stuff with Stella. So he's at the bar and Barney walks in in a trench coat and says, tonight's the night I'm finally going to pick up a lesbian. And he basically we get the first. So we haven't met the the guy later on. That's the, the blitz. But he says the blitz's line that, oh, man, because he's going to miss something incredible he's like send me pictures uh-huh so that. yeah he's like send me pictures yeah. so Stella lives in New Jersey so Which Ted's away. yeah so Ted's always taking the train and they don't say like exactly where in New Jersey but I have to figure it's still pretty close to the city because she commutes in every day for her dermatology 
you know, clinic? No, it's not far, but it's like saying, it's like people here saying, I don't want to drive to Bend. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's not far. Right. But, but it is. It eats up your time if it's daily and it's both ways and it's, yeah, I totally get it. I mean, it's one of the things I've thought about when you and I have talked about me coming and staying with you for extended time. Right. It's like, well, what's my schedule look like? Am I, you know, am I going to need to drive into Bend three times during that week? Like, that makes a difference. It, it really does. And, I mean, for all intents and purposes, I'm, we're still in the same place. But, like, for me to get to Grandma or to you or whatever, it's 45 minutes. Mm -hmm. So, a re it's really like a commitment. <laughs> well, when Leah lived in Prineville, we would make sure that it was like an all-day thing for me to come out there because... Yeah, 45 minutes or more depending on traffic. Same with my dad. If you're going to you're not going to go out there for a quick like, "Hey, how's it going?" and bye cuz it's, you know, and it's funny cuz like I was like that with a couple of my friends in the Portland area too. It's like, "If I'm going to come to your house, I'm going to stay for a while." Um Yeah. So then another time he comes into the bar and they're already all hammered because Robin says that she got this new national job and they got some champagne and he missed it and he and Barney goes wah wah and <laughs> I love that sound but so he's really excited and then one other time you know he gets to Stella's but she's and she's all sexy time but she's passed out and then he misses like dinner with her and Lucy and so um they didn't want it to get cold. Yeah. And so she says, um, why don't you bring your friends out here? And so Ted suggests it to everyone and they're like, uh, no, we're not going to New Jersey. And Lily says, why am I telling you this? You hate New Jersey more than anyone. And we get this, um, these flashbacks of Ted saying like this guy cut in front of him in line and he hates that more than he hates New Jersey. Well, no, that's not true. He really hates New Jersey and he's going to go use the potty and he's like, I got to go drop a massive New Jersey. And it's funny cause he's not from there. So I'm not exactly sure where the he's hatred not, he's not from New York or New Jersey. Right. So like he's talking shit on a place that doesn't have anything to do with him. Yeah. It, he's moved to New York and he's adopted that mentality. True. So, I mean, maybe he caught it from Lily or just other people, but um, he has this shirt that says, I hate New Jersey on the front. What's up? No, it says, I think it just says New Jersey and on the back it says, I hate New Jersey. Yeah. But what I was going to say is, um, our dear Kata pointed out that him saying, I'm going to drop a mask of New Jersey is like Jennifer Aniston saying in the movie with Adam Sandler. I don't know which movie. I don't think she says. Um, she taught her kid to say, make a Devlin. I think it's the movie Just Go With It. Yeah. Because it just popped up on Netflix too. Yeah. I think that was the first one that they did and then they did Murder Mystery. Mm. No, they've done a million movies together. Jennifer Aniston and Adam Sandler? I thought they've only done yeah. two. Are you thinking of Drew Barrymore? No, because wasn't... Who was in... Oh, Along Came Polly was Ben Stiller. Right. Okay. Got it. Yeah. Never mind. Um, 
Anyway. But so he, um, he says, you know, it doesn't matter. I won't have to stay in New Jersey for much longer. It'll be great when Stella moves here to New York. And Lily makes, or no, Ted says, the only reason you need to go to New Jersey is if you're flying out of Newark, you're seeing a, it's a sports game. Maybe he says the Giants. I can't remember. And, or if uh, you're done. Giants are, Giants are San Francisco baseball. Try again. No, football. The Giants, the football team. Yeah, yeah, watch. Giants? Um, 99% sure. Yeah, it's a football team. But they're technically, I think, in New Jersey. Or their stadium's really close or something. But the New York Giants is a football team. Well, yes, I know. But I immediately went to San Francisco. That's yeah, that's my... That's you. Anyway. So he says, or if I'm dumping a body. And Lily says, if you kill me and dump me in New Jersey, I'll haunt you forever. And he says, if I kill you and dump you somewhere else. And she goes, I'll leave you alone. I imagine you had your reasons. And then there's, isn't there a time when Marshall's all paranoid and he says, oh, he's, they're writing their death letters. And he goes, if I died in her mysterious circumstances, Lily, it was Ted. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we get a little background about why Robin hates Metro News One. Um, it's got like low production quality. Um, there's really bad writing. So she's not writing all the stories, the her like producer and he makes a ton of really terrible puns and he makes a pun but it's a story about people dying and she's just it like was, um it was a train wreck the shocking derails oh yeah. she was people died joel so she gets this national job and she quits metro news one she gives this really weird goodbye speech and we find out that ted wrote it for her and it's like i'm gonna be a butterfly and i'm gonna take off and i've been in my cocoon and now i'm gonna be you know and but marshall's like why does she sound like an idiot did she have a stroke <laughs> it's pretty funny so, um, the night that Robin's supposed to start her new anchor job, everybody Wait, goes... No, she also, she, so, she also says goodnight from, and as she's about to say Metro News 1, the M falls off, so she says Etro News 1. Yeah. And then one of the ones falls off, and she goes, and at, a, or, or, Metro News 1 at 11, and at 1. Yeah. Like, she just rolls with it, which is pretty good. Um... <laughs> But when they get to Stella's, they find out that she couldn't find a babysitter, so they can't go out. They're just going to stay at her house, you know, watch movies, play games. Um, she thinks she has some beer in the um, garage. garage. And so, you know, Marshall's like, no, this can't be, you know, we're young, we need to go out and drink. I know that sounds pathetic, but that's what we're going to do. And Bernie says... I want to try for that lesbian again. Lesbian again. I know I can land that plane. And Marshall goes, no snakes on that plane. <sighs> yeah. Don't care for that joke. Um, and then Lily says they can get to McLaren's by a certain time, but she needs to shower first because she's not going in there smelling like New Jersey. Barney says we can be there 
by 10 and she and she goes no by 11 because I have to shower. Yeah. I have to shower and change. And the joke used to be like I remember this from when I was a kid was that New Jersey had a lot of like landfills and that's where New York sent its trash and so like it actually did like smell bad as like a state cuz it was all like refuse but I mean that can't be yeah. So Stella's like I know you guys hate it here um, but I have the coolest bar in New Jersey and it's so close. It'll blow your mind. And she goes, it's my basement. And she looks, you know, it's the coolest place in New Jersey. And Lily goes, that's probably true. And, um, they're looking around. There's like a, a half a ping pong table and Scrabble and something else. And, um, a fish tank and Barney makes a really horrible joke about, blowfish and suckerfish and he wants a fist bump and everyone refuses and it's so he the, it's the worst oh it's su super stupid so he says that he will not um put his arm down until till someone fist bumps him like he goes on this little tirade and so they're like let's play scrabble and stella says there's an x that's really hard to read because one time it went all the way through my dog and she goes, hey, maybe when you move here. Huh? Was her dog's name Marcel? Oh. <laughs> no, she doesn't say, but oh my God, good point. Oh, Dude, nice. They just took friends, put it in a different order, put right? a different couple together. <laughs> um, but she says, "When we can get a dog when you move to New Jersey. And then the doorbell rings and she goes upstairs to let Robin in. And Ted looks around at everyone and is like, um, I'm moving to New Jersey, you know? And so he, he explains to everyone their conversation and it turns out like they're at Ted's apartment and they're drinking wine and he's like, yeah, you guys can move in here. And Stella's like, yeah, she can plan the fire escape and ride her bike down, you know, this busy street and she says something and she laughs and Ted thinks that she's serious. She's not. She's so, so being serious. sarcastic. It's like ridiculous. So uh, Robin comes in and lets everyone know that she didn't get the job. She did not listen to the guy on the phone. Uh, and he had said, this is, uh, you got the audition. So they wanted everyone to come in and, um, oh, hold on a second. Okay. Um, so, yeah, so Robin didn't listen. It was just an interview, and she says that there were way more experienced and ethnic um, people at the audition. There was an African-American woman with blue eyes. You know, she can't compete with that. And so she's going to... Um, beg for her job back at Metro News 1 because she's not qualified for anything else. And Lily is like, no, you can't. You know, you're really smart. Um, you're really talented and you've got legs that look great in shorts. Like, <laughs> another little, like... Another, like, Lily hitting on yeah. Rob Um And Barney even says, like, don't go back to them, you know... You don't need that. And then all of a sudden Stella runs in and is like, don't drink the beer. I just remember I bought it when I was pregnant with Lucy, who's like nine. I I don't know anybody who's purchased beer that long ago. 
No, I can't. I can't. And not drunk in it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's, um, there's a can of Guinness that's hanging out in the back fridge that somebody brought to a party, like, three years ago. But that's because I'm the only one who likes dark beer. Yeah. And so, I mean, I'm not really into Guinness in a can. And the last one that I had, oh, um, are you getting an error message? Or just no, me? I can oh. still hear you. Okay, I'm saying I'm getting Skype isn't responding. I'm going to hit wait just in hopes that it doesn't turn off. Yeah. Anyway, um, yeah. I had one of those Guinness in a can because there were two and it, it was flat. So just don't drink beer if it's been there for that long. Yeah. Or I'll just... Ah. Um, let's see here. So she says, hey, can you go to Priceco for more? And while you're there, get a membership card. And so basically, it's like Costco. Right. Um, you know, it's got everything. Why wouldn't he just get added to... Well, I guess he can't get added to hers because she's not going. Like, yeah. you can't be added to somebody. You can't just say, oh, hey, uh, I can add me to Julie's Costco account. They yeah. have to be there. You can't do that. Yeah. Um, so Marshall loves Price Co. Like he's so excited that, um, there's these chairs with all these cup holders. Ted's holding a like 50 pound bag of lemons and you know, there's this, all this fun stuff, Ted, but Ted absolutely hates it. Um, back at Stella's basement, Barney tries to bribe Lily to fist bump him. Um, he gets up to $10,000 and she still won't do it, which I was surprised. I would do it for $10,000. <laughs> I mean, with the amount of debt that that girl has. Yeah, I was just going to say, am I just cheap? <laughs> no. Um, so... Ted and Marshall are arguing about the problem, you know, basically if he moves to New Jersey, they're never going to see each other. And Marshall's like, no, you're going to come into the city all the time. And so they see these two customers, a couple, and they're like, um, did you like, did you move here from New York? And they're like, yeah, um, but we get back there all the time. And they mention a restaurant and or a bar and Ted goes, that closed six years ago. And they're like, oh, I guess we haven't been into it. Yeah, we're New Jerseyans now. Huh. And he turns around to say something to Marshall and he's found these dog shirts. You know, he's like, am I a, um, a bulldog or a, you know, whatever. And Ted's like, no, Stella and Lucy will have to move to New York. So, um, back in the basement, Barney is almost crying from the pain of keeping his arm up. And Robin has, yeah, Robin has disappeared and it turns out she's gone upstairs to call Joel at Metro News One and she's wearing a butterfly necklace. Which is very fitting because she just called herself a butterfly. Maybe she got it from Ted. Right. That was his Right. And Joel's like, no, we've already replaced you. We're going to put Brian on the news. And he's this like little intern kid. And he's like, I can do this. I can't do this. And he's so terrified. He's so terrified. And Joel says, as much as I want to see him wet himself on live TV, if you can get here in 30 minutes, you know, you can be on. You can. Yeah. 
And so they try and talk her out of it. Barney's like, you know, you're better than this. Don't go back. And you're not going to make it in 30 minutes. And she's like, I have to try. So first she steals Lucy's bike, which is kind of terrible. You're way too big for that bike. Yeah. And you're never going to bring it back because you don't like New Jersey. Yeah. So then Ted gets back with the beer. Um, it's like a 144 pack. <laughs> And it's the best thing, which again means no one's going to drink that beer because it's going to just sit in the basement. Um, but he says he doesn't want to move to New Jersey. And why can't Stella move to New York? And she says, well, Lucy has school here. Her friends are here. I'm on the PTA. My family's here. Oh, and I'm the deputy mayor. So she's. <laughs> pretty rooted she's really rooted and so she basically puts her foot down and ted says yeah but new york city is the greatest city in the world no he says but my apartment's really close to the subway yeah that's what he said and it's on top of a bar i mean come on man i'm down for that um but they they argue back and forth and he like can't she goes, New Jersey is better than New York. And he, like, can't form words. And, but he finally gets out, like, H&H Bagels, Papaya King. It's the, you know, the cultural hub, artistic and cultural hub of the world or whatever. And then real quick, we see Robin on the train trying to get past everybody on the bike while on the train. <laughs> that yeah. doesn't get you there any faster. Um, so but maybe that she's not going to, like completely lose the bike do you know what I mean like maybe she's thinking okay I'm gonna just keep this with me yeah so Lily stands up for New York City with Ted and says you know we have Broadway and um Barney in the background is like agreeing with everyone trying to get the bump but um Stella says Atlantic City and you know Barney's like give it up for the AC and all I could think of was like well duh they do like Atlantic City because they thought they could go there for a quickie wedding they couldn't. It's not Vegas. Um, and Ted says Greenwich Village and Stella says Jersey Shore. And I'm sorry, Jersey Shore, the TV show, ruined Jersey Shore, the place for me. But um, um, I only watched like half of an episode because it was super annoying. So I didn't, ruin the place. I didn't watch a single episode. It's just the cultural whatever of those people makes me absolutely crazy. When the real, not real world, when the MTV Summer Beach House was on the Jersey Shore, my friend Mary and I almost went because where she lived in Pennsylvania, it was only an hour and a half drive. But I was 16, no, I was 17 and she was 16 and her mom said no. Well, that's what happens when you're 16. I know. And like, because we, I didn't have a car, obviously, we would have to have driven her mom's, you know, minivan. But, um. Right. So then Lily comes back with Woody Allen, which, while as a filmmaker, okay, but as a person, no. <laughs> um, and so then Stella says Bruce Springsteen, and Ted goes Frank Sinatra, which I'm on board with. And she goes, yeah, but he was born in Hoboken, but he never, like, went back. And he goes, yeah, but he's not singing about Secaucus, Secaucus. And, right. um, like... <laughs> I don't know why this makes me laugh so hard. I love Frank Sinatra so much. But, um, yeah. Then we see Robin um, out on the street in 
traffic and Ted says, this is how your Aunt Robin told it, but that she jumps over a cab on the bike. Sure. Yep. Um, but isn't it, was I imagining that she did a backflip too? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. In my head? I can't remember. I don't know. Um, so Lily says, you know, I know you're from here and whatever, but like Marshall was new to New York and now he loves it and he wouldn't think of living anywhere else. And Marshall shouts, I hate New York. <laughs> he and like Lily's yeah. just, you know, he goes, it's too small. I'm too big. I'm like a monster taking out bodegas and I'm always knocking things off of shelves. I've got elbows yeah he says it's so loud it's the city that never sleeps well guess what i'm tired and i've been tired for eight years i love sleep um he's like i love new jersey you never have to hold a cup and oh i think it was a riding lawnmower like he's yeah. just yeah he's like it's and lily just looks at him and she's super pissed and barney's like i'm or marshall i was joking um and so Ted's like, we can discuss living in Brooklyn. And Stella's like, I don't have anything to discuss with you and just storms out. Yeah. And, I mean, I get, th I love that everybody, because this came up on Sex in the City, too. Like, once Miranda had a baby and, like, was going to get married, they had to move to Brooklyn because that's where, like, the bigger houses are. Even though you're still in, like, in a, a brownstone where you're sharing walls and, you know, you don't have as many right. um, windows and whatever. Um, so Ted goes to find Stella and Lucy comes out of her room and is like, Hey, I thought I heard loud noises. And she's like, he goes, Oh yeah, sorry about that. Why don't you go back to bed? And she's like, well, I need a story. And he's like, let me find your mom. And she goes, no, I want it from you. And so, um, super cute. And so he reads her a story and there's a Springsteen song playing in the background about my, you know, my baby's arms. And so then after Lucy falls asleep, he comes down the stairs and he finds Stella and he hugs her and he says, like, New Jersey wins. So Robin, yeah, Robin makes it to the station with 15 seconds to spare. Now, I will say this. She dumps that bike in front of Metro News 1 and doesn't take it in with her. Yeah. So, so there that, goes my. That bike's gone. Yeah. Um, so she like doesn't even have time to sit on the chair. She like pushes the kid away and just kneels down in front of the desk in the outfit she's got on. And, um, she says, we're going to, the New York city zoo had a new, um, or the panda got a new, not panda. Or maybe it's a polar bear. Anyway, got a new tooth. Yeah. I guess that makes him a molar bear. And she's like, molar bear. Yeah, no, I quit. <laughs> she just walks off. She, no, but she has to stand up to. Yeah. She stands up and you see her torso and she pulls off the mic and drops it and walks away. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then I can't remember what Barney says now. It's something really like simple and Lily bumps his fist and he had had it, like, tied up so that he didn't have to, like, he had it tied in that position. And so he yeah. takes it out and he's like, my arm hasn't felt this bad since I was 15 and learned how to lock a door. And he's like, fist bump. And she goes, no. No, it was a high five. Okay. Um, so now he's not only up, but he's, like, <laughs> in a high five position, which is even more strenuous. Um, 
So then back at the bar um, with Stella there, so like another night, Robin says, I didn't get the national anchor job, but they did offer me another one. And everyone's like, oh, cool. And she goes, in Japan. Um, and we see Marshall is wearing yeah, one of the dog shirts. And Barney looks super upset. And because we yeah. we haven't come back to it again, but we're still in Barney's in love with Robin and only really Lily, which by association Marshall knows about it. Yeah. Right. So we get that, yeah, kind of cliffhanger of in Japan. So um, let's talk real quick about moving for a significant other. Now, when you first started dating Trevor, you lived in Bend with Grandma, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. But moving to Redmond, not that big a deal. Hmm? Right. And it lined up because we had talked about moving in together after for a year. Okay. Okay. My house, okay. you have two weeks. Goodbye. <clears throat> so we moved in together, but there was a days before, like there was talk about, about possibly re- Hold on, Kathleen. Wait. It's breaking up really bad. Yeah. Weird. Okay, hold on. I'm going to try something. Um... Hold on. I am just going to. I'm going to close a couple of the windows that I have open. I'm going to close Skype. I'm going to close that. Because they should have pretty good internet here, and I'm not running anything else, but just in case, I'm going to close a bunch of these windows. No, I've got full Wi Fi. Yeah, same. It ain't me. So weird. Okay, so go back a second. You were saying you guys weren't going to move in together until you'd known you, or you'd been dating for a full year, but but um, it lined up that his landlord in September, late August, was like, "I'm moving back into my house in two weeks. You have to get out." Yeah. So then we found a place in two weeks. We found that we found the house. In two, like in less than two weeks because we were fully moved. In. He was fully moved in by the time it's over. And I love that house. Like moved back. That was the best house. I love that. House. I fucking love that house. I still like. I still dream about that house. But it's always nightmares because something's going wrong. Mm. Like the new. That's another story. Um, but before Trevor got into fire, there was talk about him. You know, like we didn't really know which direction his career was going to go. And I didn't have a career. I had a waitressing job. Um, so, you know, the reality was, yeah, whatever happens, like we'll go where your job needs us to, Right. which <clears throat> wasn't super stoked on because the whole reason that I moved out here was to be close to my great grandma and my grandma. And, um, this was before my great grandma passed, but I knew what the reality was like, okay, 
he could get this really awesome career change and I can come back and I can travel. And, you know, not that it changed when my Gigi passed, but it did. Um, because my grandma is still, you know, fully functioning, takes care of herself. Like we hang out, which is great. I I don't, I'm not her caretaker. Um, whereas she was my Gigi's caretaker. So long way around for me to say, if we would have moved for Trevor's job, which there's actually still potential for that in the job that he's doing. It's just a lot less potential. Yeah. Um, so don't know. Um, what I plan to do with the rest of my life is very fluid, so I can do it pretty much anywhere. Yeah. Um, I do think that this situation with Ted and Stella, though, again, highlights that they don't know each other well enough. Because right. how did he not know that yeah. she's on, you know, the PTA, the deputy mayor? And I think it shows a level of, or a lack of maturity on his part to not understand that it's really hard to uproot kids. It can be done. Kids are very resilient, but it can also cause them a lot of trauma. It can, but, you know, and it, and it may not be stuff that he didn't know, but it may be stuff that he didn't associate with permanency. Right. And so she's reiterating that. Like, I do that all the time with Trevor. You know, he knows something, but I have to say it for him to get it. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, so, sure, it could be brand new information, and of course that means that they are not good communicators, or it could be information that she's like, um, this is permanent, which again is them being not good communicators. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know either way. Um, I do, you know, there's a couple funny moments in this, um, episode, but I think this episode is one of the ones that's like pretty, like it's pretty intense to watch two people oh, yeah. and from the outside realize like you might not be meant for each other oh and they're like they're like fighting yeah. in front of all of his friends in her home and she storms off like i, I do love her for that though where like she doesn't back down and she's not like can we talk about this later she's like no dude i'm not moving to new york like i own this house and you can suck it i like that i, I no i don't ever i don't ever want to be around people who are fighting like yeah it's awkward for me yeah and i if i'm having a confrontation i'll shut it down and we'll talk about it later well and i don't want to feel awkward with my people and i don't want to make anybody else feel awkward and also then she's ganged up on at first because lily you know agrees with ted and so it's only right. marshall that really comes to her you know defense but if 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 that hadn't happened, you know, you've got all of his friends ganging up on her saying, we can't stand to live without Ted. So you and your daughter better make some changes. Better come this way. Yeah. Yeah. It's Which not is- good. <coughs> um, so. so, um, do you have a friend of the day? Um, Phoebe. And why is that, dear? Um, because she doesn't call me from these numbers that say scam likely. <laughs> you know that your phone does that and my mom's phone does that, but mine doesn't. 
Um, it's a T-Mobile thing. Ah. I don't know who your mom's carrier is, but I think, yeah, that might be. Um, but I pick Phoebe because she's like totally rallying for Monica. She a is being the server. So that's huge help anyway. And then she tries to redefine pulling a Monica. She sticks up for her in front of her mom. Like she's just being like, the best Phoebe she can be. Yeah. No, it's true. I mean, Phoebe is. Um, she also, she also um, tells Ross and Joey that Chandler has a giant penis, which she can't verify, but she's definitely on board for. Right. Like, plus. Right. Phoebe knows what she likes. She was there for that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's see. Give me a second. I'm trying to, I'm trying to think of one. I hadn't thought of one yet. Um, you know, besides Phoebe, I'm not sure I really have one for friends. And I would say for How I Met Your Mother. Lily for How I Met Your Mother. Yeah, I was going to say Lily or Barney, but but only in the context of Robin, of trying to help Robin. Like, Does he help Robin? Well, he tells Robin not to go back to Metro News 1. He tells her not to, like, oh, give up. Okay. He, right. Yeah, Sorry. he's the one that's like, go for the national job. Like, you deserve it. You, you know, you're great. Um, yeah. So I would say, though, in the context of the fight between Ted and Stella, I'm not happy with Lily for getting, like, putting her nose in it. But, you know, it happens. Oh, yeah. She does that. Mind your business. Yeah, mind your business. Um, so let's see here. Next week, episode four. You, you didn't actually say who your friend of the week I'm going to give it to Lily and Barney. Oh, you, okay. You're giving it to both. Sorry, yeah. I misunderstood. Yeah, yeah. No, you're fine. Um, so next week, we're going to start with How I Met Your Mother um, Intervention, and it will be all Kathleen. I love this episode so much. I know. I do, too. No, I do, too. And let's see here. Friends is... Hold on. I did not have Friends pulled up on IMDb. Let me do that real quick, because you know how we roll. Um, we are also going to figure out a bonus episode for either a movie or something. Oh, I have to send you something okay. that we need to talk about. Okay. Yes, please do. Okay. Um, okay. Oh, next week is the one with the ballroom dancing. Yes. Um, and this is where Ross tries to help Chandler quit the gym. <laughs> so we're back to talking about, yeah, I want to quit the gym. We want everybody to be safe and healthy out there. And um, all right. Well, until next week. Goodbye, everybody. Bye.